This is a public broadcast on behalf of the NPOD's Alan Moore Month. The following contains adult themes and explicit language, such as hoodlum, vandal, hooligan, and if you don't want to be cat the figures you haven't got, I suggest you get me those fucking guns. <laughs> Should this put your sensibilities in danger, we recommend you visit your physician immediately. Tell him you're thinking of ending things and prominently... Promptly ignore all his advice. Farewell, friends. Oh, no. <laughs> ah, yes, yes. I, it's, it's, it's days like today when I really wish that you heard the amount of takes it takes me to do that because today was almost first time. But yes, we are the Empod, and this is the conclusion to our Alan Moore month and a half. <laughs> it's been uh, it's it's been fun. It's been fun, but I have to say, um kind of glad that this is the last one things aren't beautiful because they something that vision said <laughs> so we are the empire as it said you can find us on all platforms including spotify apple podcasts google podcasts now soundcloud we are active daily on twitter and also on instagram on most platforms you will find us at the end underscore pod anyone that's listened to us on any platform youtube as well if you could comment like subscribe or whatever the necessary promotion is on each one thank you very much mm-hmm. we'll be friends for life or maybe just like for a day or so i don't know but we'll be friends that's the important <laughs> thing we'll all be friends so today we want to reduce cast and it's two of my favorites but don't tell the others <laughs> ah. <laughs> we'll soon find out if they're actually listening to it or not because yes my two favorites it's tim Timothy Tim Tim, the man whose first and second middle and fourth and fifth names I have renamed as Tim. How are you doing, Tim? Pleased to have I'm you on board. <clears throat> How you doing, guys? Glad to be back. I've had the last week off. Last time I was here, we talked about Halo Jones. Very excited to cap things. You find me on Twitter mainly at TM Bagshaw. Hit me up. We'll chat uh, and on all platforms. Very nice too, Tim. Thank you very much. And Brian, I've decided I'm going to improvise a trap beat for what you're about to do. So in, in your mind, if you can imagine me like beatboxing, like doom, 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 doom. And then I'm going to put like some high end. So like before, if this ain't going to throw you off or not, I don't know. You can blame it's me. Probably but, probably. But, but all I'm going to say to you, right, is just imagine me beatboxing in the background and then like... <laughs> That's, that's fucking it right up. <laughs> thinking of thinking of me as fucked up many things, mostly my relationships, but you know. <laughs> take, take the floor, pal. Yes, 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 I'm wicked and wild and well versatile in a rubber-dub style. Yes, this is Boogie Down Brown coming to you live and direct from the south coast of the UK. You can find me on Twitter at B-O-0-G-I-D-E-D-O-W-N. Don't look for me anywhere else. We ain't going fucking. Well, we could do, but you know. (laughs) You know. You know, you know. (laughs) Right. So today we are doing Captain Britain, which was first serialized in 1988 for UK Marvel. It was effectively done in shorts in a comic magazine that had many titles spanning arcs of months, if not years. It was one of the last things that Moore did before he left for DC full-time in America, but he left with some animosity as his editor was, in his words, fired, in her words, quit to do something better. 
UK Marvel were never given any budget to pay anyone, so there is proprietary rights to the publications, whereby the characters still remained with Marvel, but any publication in the future or reissue of the content has to be signed off by all the creatives. Since Moore, as he tends to do, left under a cloud, it was never republished until X-Men Archives Volume 1 in 95-96, to and this was done without the explicit content of either Alan Moore and Alan Davis. Because Moore was the source of the dispute, he felt bad for Alan Davis. Davis not receiving any royalties for the publication, so it was released with consent and a forward written by Alan Moore in 2002, and that was... That was the format I read it in. My word, all these words, so many words, too many words. So on that, what I'm going to do is going to hand it over to somebody that never struggles with words. Two people that never struggled with words and struggling with the word struggle. That's like breaking the fourth wall of struggle. (laughs) Struggle. (laughs) So Tim, save me from myself, pal. Did you enjoy it, first of all? I did enjoy it. Ultimately enjoyed it quite a bit. Matt and I talked offline about the struggles. You know, at first I wasn't sure I was going to enjoy it. Remember the first page of Halo Jones, which was just almost Very impossible well. to read. And I thought after reading that page, I was like, I can't do it. I don't know how much of this I could possibly read. And, I, and that was just one page of that, right? This one, yeah. I wouldn't say it was as inscrutable as the first page of Halo Jones was, but the yeah. first, you know, 30 or 40 pages of this was a struggle because they drop you into a story. You just have no idea what's going on. A multiverse, parallel universe stuff that I just had no idea what was happening. Characters I'd never met before. This mm. is my first ever Captain Britain comic. So I didn't really know what was going on. But once more settles in, works his magic resetting the universe. You can tell immediately without even having to look at the credits when that happens. It has a very characteristic, more deep world building, but character driven world. He builds a very, very robust and intricate world. It's a neat mm-hmm. trick he does. And once that happens, it really, really opens up and it shows, I think, a lot of the, the kind of tropes and themes that would come to later characterize Moore's work, especially at DC. At the end of the day, I really, really like I had exactly the same experience and i read about the first 10 pages and i thought bloody hell i don't i don't know if i can do this it wasn't a case of me saying oh i don't like it i don't like it you're like a kid that's given something he doesn't want to eat it's just like no no <laughs> they just like knocks the bowl off legitimately finding it difficult to read and absorb the information seeing the words on the page seeing the art as it was displayed without really absorbing anything that was happening sure you could tell he was in a perilous situation but at the same time i didn't feel like i had any context to why anything was happening a tarantino film but instead of opening with some quirky dialogue he put the major plot point at the very beginning yeah but after that it, it was plain sailing just flew by is the volume so. including stuff written by other people do you know well what actually happened with captain britain thorpe did the preceding arc and in that arc he was basically using captain britain as a solution to the northern ireland conflict a fucking stupid idea to put captain britain in there i mean yeah. I, I thought it was a bad idea of sending clinton in there but i think they just found some found a nation that disliked the brits as much as they did <laughs> <laughs> so they had some common ground to open talks and what they actually did with more and this is actually quite ironic to how his career developed some of the tropes and themes that we we've discussed for FIFA Vendetta, for Halo Jones, and for Killing Joke, is that they brought him in to depoliticize it. The end of the preceding Thorpe run, there would have been such a dichotomy between the two. I'd be very surprised if this wasn't all Moore's work. But you could also feel Moore finding his way. I'm not sure if I enjoyed it. And actually, I'm not sure if I enjoyed anything that's written by Moore. He would say, it's dense, it's hard. I can stand behind this Captain Britain. Something about his power, his stature, is what he bodies it makes me feel patriotic i love that i'm not patriotic about anything or anywhere or anyone so i love that he can do that 
been reading for so long. I'd known about Captain Britain before Excalibur and, and followed his journey. It was mm -hmm. exciting. The history behind these characters is exciting to me. We spoke about Dan on Twitter quite often. So yeah, check Dan out. Dan O'Cosmic, probably one of the most knowledgeable nerds that politely refused my invitation to join <laughs> in. <laughs> More power to him, that's what I say. But um, you fools agreed. <laughs> so this was not only an introduction to Captain Britain, but it was an introduction to something that was vast and cosmic and multiversal. The way the story presents itself, flipping between a collection of moments as opposed to yeah. a narrative story. Trying to, again, absorb all the information for the vast cosmos, locations and new characters each time. It's almost like a whole new life of comic but it was in 10 issues that was one of the parts that was pretty tough to pick up yeah i wonder if that's the function of the, the weekly publication nature like halo john's right there's little chunks and vignettes as opposed to sort of yeah. necessarily it's quite funny again with this was in black and white as were all the marvel uk runs and it wasn't until x-men archive in 95 that it was colored so the fact that it is a cosmic book a sort of multiversal book mm. i really needs to be colored. Setting aside all other types of comics, I mean, the one that really, really, I think, benefits from rich sort of colorization is the cosmic stuff. It really gives it an additional sort of depth and some feeling to it, you know? It felt there was only enough time to pay attention to detail on so many panels, especially with the splash panel, this sort of Ditko-esque vibe, sprawling, twisting mm. colors and asymmetric shapes bound and twisted together. But it's a bit too sparse and there wasn't the depth of layering to quite achieve what they might have wanted to. But however, the longer it went on, especially with the um, forms of the characters, there was a lot more attention to detail to anatomy. It yeah. wasn't basically outlined yeah. with prominent muscles, but there was a lot more detailed like muscle groups and the actual forms, how a person would tense and rest their muscles in each situation. That's what David says in his prologue. People ask him, aren't you embarrassed to show this work? Um, really? and, yeah, okay. and he was just like, yo, listen, my journey portfolio. And you can see his art get better. And he still doesn't rate himself. Davis is a total embodiment of UK cosmic world is with the Braddocks. It's phenomenal, his art style, but certainly what it became. To see how it started and how he became more confident and the liberties, in fact, that they took when he started splicing up the, the panels, elongated across the page and really clever. He was doing this art between jobs in the back of a lorry that he was supposed to be loading. All sorts. You can kind of get that sense that this guy is cranking it out. I didn't realise that they were all new ca characters, but I mm. thought Fascination was one of the Mate, most... Mate, you start my thunder. I've been waiting. the most do. unique looking. I've got to be honest with you, kind of weird alien hot. <laughs> I know like <laughs> all superheroes, all superheroes, but in the same way that Spiral's got eight arms, and like there's nothing yeah. about that. It should do anything for me. And then you kind of like, yeah, but she has got eight arms. <laughs> 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 yeah no yeah, you're right and you're right I mean, all these character. these characters i knew about legion dying as the stories moved into excalibur yeah. and, and you're like what the yeah. fuck i'm never gonna read that i don't know what's happening for like a multiple man concept because that actual idea in itself isn't a new one but the way mm. that he developed the character into he's not reproducing himself he's going back into time and snatching himself seconds apart and then yeah. bringing himself in so if one of them dies that's the end because it's all on the current timeline yeah and then when
when he yeah. actually dies, he knows he's only got three weeks to live because that was the him from three weeks yeah. uh, in the future. It's really crazy. Really clever. But yeah, but fa- think- as you said, with fascination, she's awesome. And the colour scheme, no one looks like that ever before or since. Kind of glow like a lava lamp. I couldn't work out, though, if she was Daffy Ducking it or not. Eh? Or Donald Duck. Yeah, Donald Duck. Donald You've Duck. got to elaborate that. Even me and Tim were like, what's eh? Donald Ducking it mean? <laughs> Donald Duck's bollico from the waist down, isn't he? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, did know. you think that or did you just think it was just a snazzy no outfit? because there's no definition to anything so I imagine <laughs> <laughs> no definition to anything well she's an alien species maybe it's yeah. just somewhere else mate I, I wanted to put her fingers in my head because yeah, that <laughs> I'm feeling glad you said head. <laughs> if you didn't know any better you would think that there were different artists right there are points in the beginning I'm sure you guys have the same reaction where you look at some anatomy or some character movement you're like oof that is conspicuously bad but when Moore is able to reset his story the art just really transforms I'm sure that's coincidental it's obvious that you know Davis he doing his own apprenticeship on this yeah. book and truly expert by the middle and end with the characters it was very much a collaborative process of course Moore was leading the story but in terms of what they look like and, and the way that they moved uh, zeitgeist um yeah, zeitgeist the yeah game, like the way that he uh, moved yeah. and performed he's not trying to be a hero but what i love about that is it's rationale it's not this captain america bollocks that we've all got to go until yeah. we're all fucking dead maybe you don't you live and the bad guys win anyway look there's no fucking sense in this we're not getting yeah. paid for it or we're gonna win. Like, it's not professional man we're... two guys are already dead what are we gonna get out of it except for dying i like that yeah. no one person is entirely good or bad but it's just a lot of the time it's circumstantial one of the things that um, I can't remember where I read it now. God, I hope it wasn't on social media, but it was something that rang true. <laughs> when somebody else makes a mistake, that's because of the type of person they are. But if you make a mistake, it's circumstantial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And sometimes, Brian, somebody asks you if you can let them know before you finish, but it just feels so good. <laughs> and when you said, yeah, yes, baby, yes, you, you weren't lying when you told her that. You, you thought I was going to tell her. <laughs> But you know what? I want to circle back round to that Alan was supposed to make this non-political. The survey said they picked the wrong motherfucker. Well, Matt Jasper. Yeah, it was Jasper. Matt Jasper is an allegory for what he yeah. saw as Thatcherite Britain, wasn't it? Yeah, really? and no. the MP business, all of that. An unlanced negative influence in politics. Almost at the beginning of each of the things that we've read, Moore likes to break a character. He doesn't ignore the canon or any of the history of the character, but he absolutely destroys him. So then he can rebuild him fit for purpose for his story, giving him the power sets or the influences that he needs to combat what Moore is about to write for him. V, with the Mm. concentration camp. Batman, the whole object of the killing joke is the Joker trying to break Batman. Halo Jones is constantly being put in situations where people around are broken as you so astutely put her refusal to accept the situation that was around her was her biggest strength literally destroyed him and rebuilt him from scratch six million dollar man style with merlin and roma which is something we have to explore that's just a fucked up really. <laughs> um, um yeah, that the whole weird, thing wasn't it yeah, it was very oh, weird. Was so weird. I think that's the least weird sexual thing that we've read over. I'm the just like, what? It may be weird, <laughs> but it was consensual. It was consensual. <laughs> At least that was consensual in this one. Uh, his heroes heroic he wasn't he had that presence he was just like a novice all the way through even in the end it took a team effort it wasn't because of him why any particular day was safe more likes to not even deconstruct eliminate the hero archetype he almost has them 
stumble through he sets them up as failures captain britain continuously loses and it isn't even him that wins at the end yeah. sure he sets it up for the assist but he somebody else comes in right at the very end and again you can draw similarities with v for vendetta whereby v for reasons unbeknown to anybody falls on his own sword so that evie mm. can take over prominence you would expect there afterwards i think with the titles that we've read of more we've basically captured quite a few from early on in his career even yeah. killing joke was yeah. towards the beginning definitely see this manic protagonist or manic antagonist there is always somebody that is slightly unhinged that is one of the reasons why it's so uncomfortable to read mad jasper joker and v really the joy is out whether you, he is the hero in that story or not there's nothing that you can clearly identify as heroism or protagony basically watching bad things happen to yeah. a lot of people unbridled i think the word yeah. that you used brian which i particularly <laughs> like uncertainty plays into why it's uncomfortable as well because you're never quite sure other than Captain Britain, who isn't doing much to any success at any point of the story, that everybody else around him, these different factions, you're never too sure what their interests are. Is it purely circumstantial? Were you guys surprised to see Betsy used in the way she was? I was She's hoping to see her. I would like to have seen more. What, you want to see her modelling career? <laughs> oh, very tasteful. They're very tasteful. <laughs> They'll only be seen on the continent, don't worry. Just in hotel rooms, do you know what I mean? Hotel rooms in, on the continent. <laughs> Nobody will ever find out, don't worry. Start me up, how much did you say? <laughs> One thing, actually, guys, before we move on, I, Matt, yeah. you said something that jogged something loose in my head. You know, when V, bad things happening to bad oh. people. It doesn't have to be bad people, necessarily. These external forces coming to bear on these characters we saw that prominently in halo remember we had the whole conversation yeah. about how whether she's a passenger of history or somehow yeah an agent. I think one of the themes running throughout all these stories has to do with the question of characters, either a protagonist or an antagonist's agency. You know, to what extent are they agents of their own story? Yeah. To what extent are they carried along by external forces? And one of the interesting things is that Moore writes these stories that are not plot-driven, but they do have these forces that impinge upon the characters. So it is, again, a neat trick. Typically, you would see, like, a very heavily plot-driven story, you know, character yeah. carry characters throughout, but that's not really what we have. Forces sometimes seen, sometimes unseen exert their force on these characters and it does raise a question of you know to what extent we have agency to what extent destiny of a character mm. you know like the fact that it's not clear that captain britain really has i mean free will is not the right way to put it but he's broken and reconstructed to serve an end right that is not yeah. his own i think that's a theme you can see really throughout all of at least moore's early work i can't really speak to the later stuff yeah. but the stuff we've read i think it's like a prominent thing what happened takes away anyone's ability to be prepared situation at any given moment really quite clever just a force and the only thing you can be sure about with the fury is that it will not stop until you are dead mm. yeah you're the type that's the only predictable part of it it looked good as well didn't it i i, I yeah saw yeah it looked, cool. it looked, such looked really a unique good. design exactly brilliant didco-esque yeah i loved the uh it was kind of a, a roborick jasper mm. created this beast and then at the end it was the two that ended each other and it was almost like a crib guide to existential themes removing the universe from existence and it was well they're only going to kill <laughs> themselves anyway there's a there's a virus that's going to sweep through we're doing them a, a favor euthanizing and then of course there's fatality with legion and we also saw it with one of the precogs that classic neo and what's going to blow your mind is when you knock that vase over and he goes yeah. what vase? and then knocks it over and then she's like what's really going to fry your noodle is would you have knocked it over if i hadn't yeah. said yeah. it and then there was that great scene whereby he's getting his ass whooped he goes yeah. surely you saw this coming and she went yeah, but I'm not going to tell you because of the name you called me. And she's like, but I've not even called it <laughs> yeah. you yet. I'm not even <laughs> called it you yet. And he goes, she goes, yeah, but you will. And he's like, I can't believe you're such a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Told you. Exactly. <laughs> Brilliant. It was yeah, so, so well scripted. So there was these big existential questions that were just dotted all the way through it. But I think if you were to give it to somebody much Hell no. smarter than me, I think oh, right. that there's a lot more to dissect. Yeah, I thought you were going to, is this something that you'd recommend to someone? It's like, no. no. Oh, no. <laughs> no. No. You know, do not. Hell to the no. Two reasons why you wouldn't do that. One is just too complex. It's like a master's course in comics. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. To have you need to build up some you know immunity to regular comics tropes before you're yeah. able to digest yeah. this. But the second reason is because for the same reason you would never recommend Watchmen to a new comics fan, mm -hmm. even though it's a classic, it's not immediately clear to the new novice comic reader why it's so important. One of the things we talked about earlier about this book and other of Morv's work is how character driven they are. To a new reader, they would pick that up and say, yeah, so what? What's so big? What's the big deal about yeah. that? Saying that, what they've really done is reveal how important the work is because Moore is the godfather of the character driven comic. His yeah, yeah. approach to comics has so thoroughly colonized comics mm -hmm. that a person who's reading modern or contemporary comics, you know, they see that in every comic they read, but that was not always true. And Moore really is the progenitor of that approach to comics. And so if you give like a new reader a more book, they'd be like, well, what's the big deal? I read stuff like this every day. And, you know, I read Donny Cakes and his, you know, yeah, he does yeah. the same thing. It's like, well, yeah, but Moore was doing this in the 80s when no one else was doing it. And I think you're right, actually. Not that that's a surprise, Tim, because you are... <laughs> elegant in your correctness <laughs> what popped in my head when you were saying that was people said you can't watch infinity war if you've not seen the other film you can i'd be confident that i could sit my granddad in front of it there's a big purple guy he's trying to get these things and that's bad here's the avengers they're trying to stop him it's good the themes are really straightforward it's bad guy good guys we don't know fucking anything about thanos at that point not really we know that there is right. a Thanos and it expands on his journey. But yeah, like basically you could sit down and watch that. But if you put someone in front of Logan, you could watch it and kind of enjoy it. But unless you have the content of all the X-Men films and what that meant, Mm. with everything that preceded it it's just not going to yeah. be the same it's just yeah, there's no impact yeah. it's just simply a good film yeah a good right. film totally i think i'm going to start with some detractions you've got his thought bubbles you've got what he actually says and then you've got the narrative like in triplicate just yeah like, it's just too much totally. yeah it's like trust your reader trust your collaborators to convey the information and to yeah. i mean that's a big problem like the silver age comics i know you guys know that i've been reading a bunch of like fantastic four stuff from like yeah, the yeah. lee kirby era and those things just one issue of that takes like 30 minutes to read because there's so, so much and a lot of it's thought we get it i see it on the page you don't need to <laughs> As Cyclops uses his optic blast as he's touching his head and that optic blast comes out. <laughs> it's like it's like literally one of the other guys. Right. Like is he yeah. off screen and you're telling me? Or is this <laughs> or is this running concurrently? It's like having the audio description on a film and still watching the film. I remember there were some scenes in, in X of Swords. That really encapsulated what I was thinking in my head. That's how good the art is now. Yeah, it's a very confident way to write yeah. comics. You're able to, to do that, you know? It is the benchmark of how you can tell a good creative team. I know that Tom King said he'd send a script over and sometimes it would just say, Batman looks cool as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's going to sound wicked when I chop it together, guys. <laughs> I look after us. I just get my us. prompt in, motherfucker. Yeah, I look after us. I look, I look after me. <laughs> I look at me. <laughs> he does. He does. Like sometimes I'll I'll cut out whole sections because I don't like the way I see myself in the video. <laughs> oh, I've heard in, I've heard intros. I'm like, hang on, where was I when he did this? 
<laughs> yeah. Well, that week when I just literally gave up, I was like, fuck this, guys. I can't do it today. I can't do it. We're just going to have to roll. <laughs> we'll roll and I'll just tape it and chop well. it in. <laughs> oh, God. Was I wearing blue socks that day? Oh, this won't do. <laughs> <laughs> There'll come a day whereby the whole podcast is just me doing impressions of everybody. <laughs> no one's here. Yeah. <laughs> In Captain Britain, this was the first time the mainline MU was denoted as 616. I was thinking that. I was thinking this has got to be the first time. It was so cool. It's a slight disposable thing like that that he just put in to probably make it easier to reference or to construct the the multiversity of it Mm. has had such a lasting impact. impact. And it was done in UK Marvel that couldn't even afford to play creatives. It's just mind-blowing. And Moore's only, I think, Marvel book, right? So imagine that. He writes Marvel book and it has, he's the one that develops 616. The legacy was awesome. It was awesome. Are we under the assumption that that was the first appearance of Betsy? He may have had them as characters. I think this is the first time she was visualised. It was. It was, yeah. yeah. This is a really hard title to find uh, publication information on because it's been bastardised mm-hmm. and re-released. When all the Marvel UK was supposed to do was republish the American ones in little snippets with five or six characters in each week and then reprint those ongoing stories. Yeah, it's really difficult, man. Yeah. All, it's, all it has on here is reprinted from X-Men archives in 2002. It doesn't reference the original run or anything. With my UK I was surprised to see the Fury had killed Miracle Man, and that was a prominent yeah. UK character. And I, I think I like, read that. I've got it, brother. No. I used is to it read good? it. Is it good? It's good. It's supposed to be. It's, it's supposed good. to be good. Yeah. Is it in print? I've got an apology. Okay. Yeah. How Marvel had their revenge on Alan Moore. Miracle Man was original Marvel Man. Uh, yes. Marvel <laughs> Man predated Marvel Comics, but because Marvel became this behemoth of a publisher that whoever held the rights to marvel man knew that if there was to be any conflict any legal dispute would basically ruin them overnight and a lot like how dc procured shazam at that time or whoever it was captain marvel at that time yeah exactly the same thing and then when marvel found out more was doing that and under the threat of him actually finishing this captain britain run and not just leaving with two or three issues left they sued the company that had the rights to miracle man because it was infringing on their copyright of the brand of marvel which makes no sense but it was the way that marvel made more finish this run huh that's interesting Mm, nice bit of fuckery there corporate fuckery But it's like I always say, though, it's whoever's richest wins. Like, the actual precedent just doesn't matter. More, where he can, will always make a reference to South London. For me, the biggest thing was, like, actually putting Forbidden Planet in the book. And he's fighting with Claymaster in Forbidden Planet. I don't know how to play it. Oh, I was about to steal. I was about to steal. Go on, go on, go on. Yeah, you can clearly <laughs> see. He's like, take it outside before someone gets hurt. Someone's in the shop going, I'm just going to pick up this X-Men 137. <laughs> and it's, of course, Cyclops Jean cover. Felix must die. And they're like... Oh, by the way, Miracle Man, you can pick up the hardcovers for 10 each. I think there's three, oh, um, okay. three hardcovers. Oh, I'll have to look at that, yeah. What did you guys think about the ending? It was one of those, was it real or was it not real? They insinuated that Jasper, Mad Jasper, 
created a matrix where he'd imposed the sequence of events on him and none of it was real. And from the very first instance to the very end, he was captured in this mind prison that Jasper put together for him. No time had passed from that instance to him re-meeting Jasper at the end and then it was a case of winning that battle. I didn't know if that was supposed to be literal or how much of the story was supposed to be contained in that sort of mind reality that he put him into. I mean, how, what did you guys think? Was that something that you necessarily even picked up on? Do you think I'm misinterpreting? No, no, no. Go on, Tim. Did you pick it? Oh, no. I mean, I had the exact same reaction. I don't really have much to add to that. I no. was... That was a precursor to a lot of the shit that you saw in, in Excalibur. So if you haven't read oh, okay. Excalibur... Oh, good. It is, trust me, okay. that, and it was different. It was really, really clever. And they really do some fucking head spinnery. Is it quite cerebral? Yes. They really tried to incorporate British legend and lore as well. Um, Who wrote the original run of Excalibur? Is that Claremont? It's, it's Claremont yes, yeah, and yeah. Davis as well. Claremont. So Davis okay. was the artist on it. I was see. it concentric or was this preceding that? This is preceding. Oh. So, so in answer to your question, was it real or it happened, then Jasper tried to unseat him in his mind because the key right. thing about him is he needs to be able to concentrate to uh-huh. get out of the thing. But then when the fury came for him, that kind of fucked him up and then that presented it actually it was real and so what you're basically saying to me is this seventy nine ninety nine Excalibur Omnibus Volume One <laughs> I should buy it now before it goes out of stock. Okay. <laughs> wow. Loud and clear. Loud and wow. clear. Get it. Yeah. Well, that's that one. Now we've concluded it. How do you feel? Do you think it's going to be one of those where you look back and, and you're, you're like, oh, maybe we could have done another week? Or do you think now no. it's kind of like <laughs> no. a holiday, a holiday re- a romance whereby you kind of like, yeah, but I'm glad it's not here. <laughs> yeah, because I yeah. can't read anything else. I mean, I've. I have started yeah. books and stuff, but I'm just in and out, and I'm like, no, no, no. I've got to really yeah. dig into this. And it's real, not only because we're making commentary, I don't want it to be reading for reading's sake. I, I really yeah. want to get where they're coming from. And so you have to concentrate and, and go back and analyse the art and yeah, read the sentiments. And, you know, you're ascertaining, does this, does this, does this age well? All these kind of things, you know, where were they when they were writing? And these are the things that elevate our love of this medium. It's not Mm. just, you know, comic books. I'm really glad that we chose Alan Moore. I think for someone that I had very little experience of, it's been a fantastic experience. It's been an eye-opener. And we, I think we chose well. And as you rightly say, Brian, reading to order... As much as we would have been reading anyway, reading to a schedule, get a lot less gratuity out of it. Mm -hmm. It's been a happy experiment. Um, One (laughs) that I'm more than willing to repeat next year with somebody else. With a caveat. (laughs) With a caveat that you're not having to do every fucking week. (laughs) (laughs) Which, by the way, Brian, man, man, not only were you the only one other than my sexy self (laughs) that's been on each one you have been the first person to finish it each each and every week what a guy what a guy thank you thank you out of applause my man i'm like very very grateful as long as i knew that at least one person was turning up each week made me breathe a sigh of relief you're not alone To know that I had this stalwart there, just just ready, waiting in anticipation. <laughs> so thank you, Brian. Also, no. thank you, Tim. Like oh, uh, your your contributions through this month have just been 
fantastic. Stella. Like the, the amount well, of jaw on the, the amount of jaw on the floor moments that you provide. Even when, <laughs> well, even when I listen to them back, it's like, ah, oh. <laughs> where, where did that come from? <laughs> well, thank you. It's been fun. I've I've loved this this month. I mean, the thing yeah. is, like, while we are reading to order a lot of stuff, especially Halo Jones and Captain Britain, I don't know that I would have mm. ever read yeah. otherwise. So, and, and especially this week because I didn't realize like how important this is in terms of leading into some of the modern and then and then mm. contemporary X stuff. Mm. I I just never would have. Um, known that and i would have lost out on uh, you know as mm. i go and read excalibur you know i've got those epic collections i'm going to read those and i i would yeah. have lost mm. something had i not read this week so it's nice to have somebody that has we ticked a legitimate dc box we ticked a legitimate marvel box mm. and then mm-hmm. we had um classics as well and yeah he was a great a great creative to choose just pure and simply his reputation is just so well earned i mean you know mm. he's considered such one of the truly great creators and it's just obvious why at this point and and i think just to follow on your point tim is that you know his legacy wow he started the multiverse as we now know it you know no one you can't say one division strange without thinking of the multiverse you know 616 thing blew my mind yeah it was just a way to differentiate between the different captain britons and now it is the most important thing in marvel without question how would you rank them brian being as you've done all four that one's caught me off of God. I think in I, I'll rank them in order of importance rather than enjoyment because again I'm not sure if I I don't know what it is yeah. and, and maybe that's because I didn't read like the classics and and so you know just tragedy and, and whatnot mm. but I don't think that's that sense it's really kind of cerebral and investigative I don't yeah. come across feeling like yeah now I could now what do I read? I need a fucking break. I'm a reader. <laughs> I think in ta- in 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 s in order of importance, definitely V for Vendetta is number one. Yeah. Just because for me, I had not touched it, would not have gone near it. But to see just how impactful that story is, you know, people say without Akira, there wouldn't have been a Matrix. Now nah, fuck that. Without V for Vendetta, you wouldn't have had a Matrix. You know, mm-hmm. like. That story mm, is dense, very good point. And, you know, the things that he did in there. And then, of course, I think it would have to be um, uh, The Killing Joke, because every Joker, you know, when it, however good they're written, is going to be compared to that. Yeah. And then uh, and then I'll go Captain and then Halen. Have you got a list mentally, Tim? Or Yeah, I'm thinking about that. I, I um... It's tough, right? It is tough. I, I think... At this point, I'm just talking sort of off the cuff. I guess... Mm. In terms of the one I enjoyed reading the most was the Killing Joke, um, mm-hmm. only because it's it's nice because because Moore is so dense both in his like writing and his world building and his um, thematic kind of complexity that it's nice to have a story that's so discreet and small that you can mm-hmm. dig into the panels right like panel by panel it's like reading a short story as opposed to a novel like you're yeah, always going to yeah. be able to dig in more closely to something of that length. So that one I thought I had the most fun reading because you can really, like I said, dig into that the, the, the minutiae of that. The one that surprised me the most was Halo Jones. Mm-hmm. I think I didn't have any expectations for that. And I ended up thinking it was a, basically a masterpiece. Yeah. And then I didn't read V. I've read V many, many years ago. So, But I, mm-hmm. I couldn't even tell you what happens in that story. I'll have to <laughs> read it. Now, listen to the episode. 
I will. Uh oh. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. a dig. Yeah, yeah. Listen, listen no, no, to I the know. episode. <laughs> Ooh, you're making me shy. One, uh, take a this one, um, I thought was great, just because of the things we touched on. Just all this, all the sort of first instances of these yeah. truly the things that have really defined the big two um, uh, companies since then. You know, uh, you know, multiverse, the the sort of crisis stuff we've talked about. The idea of like resetting a character like has been done so many times and now it's like mm. kind of commonplace to do that and he, he's mm-hmm. the one that sort of originated that um yeah so i don't know i i i would say i like them all but for different reasons okay yeah. cool and oh, yourself good sir i was gonna say are you sport for us go out no one's bothered about what i think okay fair <laughs> enough <laughs> but unfortunately brian you're too nice a fellow uh, i i think for me when i was at the end of chapter two of v for vendetta I felt like the thought police were going to bang my door down, put me in the back of a van and throw me in a cellar for the rest of my life. Mm. It fucking changed me on the inside. It was like, like it was such an obvious series of events in hindsight. But when Evie breaks and she's standing on the roof and it's Mm. raining and she's like, I understand it all now. Like, I felt like it changed me. I, mm. I just felt it was so revelatory. And I, I just like, this guy is an absolute fucking genius at that mm. point. I was like, it's without question. I don't care what else he's written. I don't care for the rest of it. It was just shitting in a carrier bag and mailing it to, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and mailing it to publishers. This guy is a genius. Like it was, and then the third chapter happened and I was a bit like, Phew. Let yourself down here a bit, mate. <laughs> possibly, <laughs> possibly keep those carrier bags in the drawer for the time being. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, that one I think as as impacting as it was, and because the art was so rudimentary as well, mm-hmm. and so grave and so stark, um, there was I felt that every page I was potentially missing something, and it was so heavy reading. But I knew that to get to the end, I had to read some every night, and mm. and luckily we did that one for two weeks because it gave me the time to properly absorb <laughs> it and, and to really make the most of it. So that one knocked my socks off. The Killing Joke was fantastic. I had the most fun on that. Um, I had the most fun on the day when we taped it. It was mm. just a, a really good experience. And even got my mum mm. to read it, didn't I? So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, so that was, yeah, I had the most fun on that. And then I think Halo was the most surprising, as you rightly said. I really, I really dug where the character went, and as Gaiman said, it's probably one of the biggest crimes in comics that that was wasn't finished, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And then I think Captain Britain. I mean, we shouldn't be talking in terms of best to best to worst, mm-hmm. but I think I think the least worthy of the title masterpiece. There's a lot in it, and there's a lot to re- respect and appreciate and to take your hat off to. But I think ultimately you're reading to enjoy a story. Mm. And I think this was a little bit too heavy handed at the beginning. It was a little bit too, mm-hmm. it, it put me off. It don't, don't have me wrong by the end. I wasn't just reading it to finish it. By the mm. end I had enjoyed it, but I think as you know, we can be as analytical as poetic and, and whatnot, but ultimately the purpose of, a book 
is to be read and to be enjoyed and I felt that had the, the least amount of that in it for me but yeah it was a great experience so mm. we'll we'll leave it there if you'd like to bid farewell to the listeners please Brian yes 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 well thanks for tuning in stay tuned watch this space and yo I'm back again <laughs> when we do it again <laughs> With the, with the Renegade Master, D4 Damage, <laughs> ill behaviour. There you go, there you go. <laughs> Someone I don't think is capable of ill behaviour, Tim. <laughs> yeah, uh, cheers, everyone. Um, it's been a lot of fun. This month's been a lot of fun. Um, mm. And having said that, I'm looking forward to going back to our uh, our kind of conventional format. A regular the, schedule of program. Yeah, yeah, and see what what the news is and what's what's going on in here in 2021. Good stuff. Well, thank you everybody for making it to the end of yet another episode. And as I said, we will be back with regular scheduled programming next week. I'm actually looking forward to it as well. I am. Yeah, it'll be good. This this has been a fantastic break, but looking forward to getting stuck back into the <laughs> regular platform. So, yeah. if there's only one thing left for me to say. And that is, we have been, and this is, the end. Peace! Yeah. Bravo. Good work, guys.